Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to Switchcraft. It is Ask RJS. That's every Saturday. I take all of the comments and things that you guys send me on Twitter throughout the week and I combine them together into a Saturday episode. So it's all about the things that you want me to talk about. If you haven't already, follow me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. And if you have things that you want on the show, use the hashtag AskRJS, and it will get on the show if it fits with what I want to talk about that day. Uh, anyway, let's get started. Uh, usually, this is recorded live on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm also recording this particular episode live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. If you want to get all of my shows including this one, without any ads in them, you can do so by joining the Patreon over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Before we get started with your thoughts and ideas, I have something, a, a game that I want to talk about. Oh, Pac-Man, I'm beat. And I'm hungry. Thank goodness for Pac-Man pasta from Chef Boyardee. I would like to talk about a game that I just spent about an hour and a half playing called Slayin' 2. It is on Nintendo Switch, and it's a side-scrolling, scrolling, a side-scrolling kind of like a beat 'em up game. Um, you play at, at the beginning. You play as a knight, and basically you just run left and right in order to run into enemies with your sword. Uh, the knight also has the ability to, if he stops moving, he'll hold up his shield and block projectiles, which is kind of cool. And then if you hit the R button, you can switch between two lanes. Uh, like there's a front lane and then uh, higher up on the screen, there's a back lane where you'll have a bunch of enemies back there. Now, in order to um, keep your uh, health up, you want to get lots of treasure. And in order to get lots of treasure, you need to have a high uh, kill streak. So you're running back and forth, killing these monsters on the bottom lane or the top lane trying to keep your kill streak going. The higher your kill streak, the better treasure that you're going to get. Uh, sometimes treasure chests will spawn and you can open them up with keys that you found. And uh, the, you know, also food will pop out, which will heal you up. So it's got a really quick, uh, repetitive gameplay loop. Don't take me saying repetitive as a bad thing. I actually had a lot of fun with it. Um, so basically you've got these two lanes, you clear them out after you've I think after you've hit a certain kill streak on the counter, then a boss will appear and then you have to figure out the pattern to defeat that boss. Uh, the character or your character can also jump and block and attack. And you, um, as you kill the enemies, you will earn uh, this. You'll fill this thing on the bottom called a spark meter, which gives you a bonus attack, which is a little more powerful than your regular attack. Your regular attack, you you don't even have to use a button to attack. You just run into an enemy and they die. Um, in order to uh, do your better attacks, you have to fill that spark meter by killing enemies. So hopefully, I'm I'm explaining this okay. Um, I've played through I don't know like eight or so levels, I think. And uh, eventually you end up unlocking other characters. It looks like there are slots for up to eight different characters. And each character has its own abilities that that, that character inherently only that character has. So the knight that you start with, you know, they have the ability to block. 
And if you press down while not moving, you can also spawn treasure. I didn't really use that very much because I was always moving. Uh, staying still feels very bad in this game. Staying still is scary in this game because there's so many things on the screen. It's, it's absolute chaos. The first character that I unlocked after the night was the sorceress. And her ability is that she she can't spawn treasure at will and she can't block, but she can double jump. Uh, and then she's got an attack which sends out like it, like the knight, his special attack, his spark attack is what they call it, is just like a big swipe with a sword. And her special attack is she throws like this wind attack out in front of her that stays in place for a moment. And any monsters that come into contact with it obviously either take damage or get killed. Um each character, there's eight different characters, and I don't know what the other characters are like yet because I haven't unlocked them, but each character then also has four weapon slots that they can unlock. So the 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 knight starts with that sword, and there's three other slots. I haven't unlocked anything yet, but it seems like there's a lot of replay from that. The, the sorceress starts with wind, uh, her wind attack, and I assume that she'll probably also unlock fire attack or ice attack and things like that. And then, of course, the other characters that you'll unlock, each of them have a set of four weapons that you can unlock as well. In addition to that, it seems like you can unlock amulets that you can then or charms that you can equip. I didn't unlock any of those yet. But my first impressions of the game are that it's pretty fun. It's a $12 game. Again, it's on Nintendo Switch, and I had a lot of fun playing it in that hour and a half. In addition to what I feel like is a lot of replay value, there's also multiplayer. Now, unfortunately, there's no online multiplayer, but they do have local multiplayer. So you can get together with a friend and you can both run back and forth. Maybe like I'm going to take the top lane and you take the bottom lane, that kind of thing. The boss fights, I would say so far are pretty cool. Um, the, each boss has its own pattern that you have to figure out. Like, when is it safe for me to get into the same lane with the boss and, and attack them? And I would say that the graphics are really good. Uh, they're not like, uh, amazing looking or anything, but it's got a cool visual art style that appeals to me. If you're watching this, uh, as a video on YouTube right now, then you can see the art style for yourself. But for the people who are listening to this in podcast form, um, it's uh, sprite-based, uh, very 16-bit, kind of 12-bit, you know, somewhere between the NES and the Super NES style of artwork. Um, and, and you guys know, for, for me, that's uh, an art style that I always am attracted. Like, I see that and I'm like, oh, I've just, I just love that. It's always something that, that makes me uh, pay attention to a game when it has an art style like that. In fact, that's all I knew about the game when I uh, started playing it was the art style because there was an animated GIF in the email that the publisher sent me. And I was like, oh, that looks cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, it's Slayin' 2, so it's a sequel. I never played the original, but I had a lot of fun with this one. The uh, music is very good, uh, very chiptune-y, but also like, I would say, 80s uh, rock and roll kind of vibe going with the music. And uh, overall, I had a lot of fun with it, and I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Maybe I'll get somebody here in the house to play uh, local multiplayer with me, and we'll see what that's like. But it's Slayin' 2. It's on the Nintendo Switch. It's $12 on the eShop, 
And if I were to, I, well, I don't rate games, but I would say, you know, thumbs up. It's pretty cool. It's Bart versus the Space Mutants for your NES. Only Bart Simpson can save the Earth. If you have been listening to this show for any length of time, you know that I'm not into sports and uh, I don't pay attention to sports. And even if I do sit down and watch sports, I don't know who's who. I don't, I've never, even when I used to watch lots of football a long time ago, I could not tell you who was the quarterback or the receiver or anything. And I knew a few things that everybody knew, like Joe Montana. Like I knew who that was. All right. John Elway. Of course, there was a video game for those guys. So I knew those names. John Madden. I knew that kind of stuff, but I never really knew, oh, you know, the the running back for this team is so-and-so. That's not anything I ever cared about. I just wanted to see, you know, two teams trying to work together to do something. And I thought that was cool. Well, anyway, uh, that's kind of a long-winded say, uh, way to say that I don't know who uh, Serena Williams is or Naomi Saka or uh, Kinchi Corey is. I don't know who Maria Sharpova is. Apparently, they're all tennis players. I think I've heard of Serena Williams before because she's pretty famous. But uh, I don't know who the, who all these people are. But they're all going to be playing Mario Tennis together. And I think that that's really cool. Uh, this comes from IMG Tennis. It says, tune in on Sunday on at Facebook Gaming to watch the Ultimate Doubles competition with all of these tennis players that I was just talking about. They're going to compete in the IMG Tennis Stay at Home Slam with the proceeds going towards COVID-19 relief, which is awesome. And the tennis game that they're going to be playing is Mario Tennis Aces, which is really cool. I like that they're doing this. I do wish that they were not doing it on Facebook gaming, not because I don't like Facebook gaming, which I don't, uh, but why is it only on Facebook gaming? If you really want to raise money, have it everywhere. Have it on Twitch. Have it on YouTube. Have it on Facebook. Have it on Mixer. Have it everywhere. There's no reason why it should be locked to a single platform. I think that that's just bad. So anyway, uh, I, I love what they're doing, and I just wish that they were uh, doing it everywhere. But if you want to watch it, it's on Facebook Gaming. Follow a link in the show notes, and it says here it's on May 3rd uh, from 1 p.m. Pacific time. So you can figure out the uh, the uh, the time zone on your own. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. 
All right, let's get to your uh, thoughts that you guys sent in using the hashtag um, AskRJS. Uh, first off, Ivan Rodriguez sends in a, a question. He says, hey, Bill, do you know any UK-based podcasters? I'm thinking of starting my own now, and I have a gaming PC along with three next-gen consoles, so I can talk about almost any game. The reason I ask is Anchor seems to be only US-based, so I want to know what they recommend. All right, well, what I will say is I, I don't know what to use outside of Anchor. I think Anchor is fantastic. If they don't support your region, then what I would say is go with Fireside. Fireside is what I used before I used Anchor, and I was very, very happy with them. However, I'm happier with Anchor because my podcast gets more ads with Anchor, and that's really the the reason why I go with Anchor is because I make more revenue by being on Anchor, and Anchor is free. Uh, with Fireside, you're going to have to spend money in order to have your stuff hosted there. That being said, Dan Benjamin, Benjamin, I think I said it wrong the first time. Dan Benjamin, a uh, really good guy, knows a lot about podcasting. He um, he started 5x5 and has a bunch of podcasts, and uh, he runs Fireside. I think it's fireside.fm, and I was with them for quite a long time, and I was very happy with them and would not have left if... Anchor wasn't such a good deal. So I recommend that you check out fireside.fm. And for anybody out there who has qu content creation questions, and I know I get qu questions about content creation all the time, we have a channel on my Discord, uh, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord, all about content creations where you can come and try and make your stuff even better together. So uh, again, check out the Discord channel. As far as UK-based podcasters, one of my one of my very good friends, Richard, aka That Chap Zap, uh, he has a podcast called Switch Frames, which is a really good show. Or Skipped Frames, sorry, I messed that up. Uh, and he um, he he was also uh, my co-host on Run Jump Stomp for a long time. We had a, a blast, and we used to do a show called Seventy Eight Degrees together. Uh, so definitely get to get together with Richard and ask him questions about that. I would also ask the guys from This Nintendo Life, uh, Bally and Lord NBZ. Both of them are fantastic podcasters, and I've been listening to their show, This Nintendo Life, for years off and on. I don't listen to every episode because I just can't, but uh, I've listened like I've been subscribed to them for I think six years now, and I've had both of them on 143 Pixels, which is my show that's just about games in general. We talk about one single game uh, each episode, so those they're they're all UK based, and uh, make sure that you reach out to them and and see what they recommend. But if I were going to recommend something uh, that's not Anchor, I would recommend. Um, uh, fireside.fm and just uh, let Dan know that I said he's awesome. All right, let's move on. Frogger's Sega's arcade game, now a home video game from Parker Brothers, the ones to beat. At Nintendo Fit on Twitter asks, Hey Bill, Animal Crossing New Horizons is my first Animal Crossing. I've been loving it. What makes a good island? Um, you know what? I, I don't have an answer to that question. Like everybody, th that answer is going to be different for everyone. For me... It's, do you have the thing? You know what? I can't answer this question. What makes a good island? I think if you're happy with it, that's what makes a good island. And I don't have a good answer for this particular question because 
It's such a subjective thing. I'm very happy with how my island in Animal Crossing New Horizons is coming together. Like, I'm extremely happy with it. Uh, I've got like a little spot where I'm breeding flowers. My, uh, my All of the different houses that I have for my villagers are starting to, I'm slowly moving them to be all next to each other and giving them like little roads and fences and stuff like that. And I'm starting to take the flowers that I have and putting them around to different places. But I was watching uh, somebody uh, stream on YouTube the other day, and uh, it was it was um, it was Andre Seegers who does Game Explain, and uh, it, he by the way he's going to be on an upcoming episode of 143 Pixels, uh, which is awesome. Uh, but uh, Andre was going to this person's island, and it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Like he had actual streets and like dinosaurs and you know, giant robots and everything in the game. It was, it was a, it was overwhelming uh, to say the least. And everybody was just flabbergasted by what they were seeing. And then I saw this other Island. Uh, it was not on, on uh, Andre's stream. It was, um, it was just a, a quick little clip that somebody had made where they were running through their island and it was like the the woods had reclaimed everything and it was completely different there were no streets there was these winding paths that went between trees and there was greenery all over the place and it looked fantastic and every time that i see like another island that somebody's put a lot of work into i'm like man that is so amazing and it's so cool how everybody can have something different in this game so to ask that question, what makes a good island? I think that that has to be different for everyone. And I would turn this around and ask what makes a good island. In fact, I'm going to do that, but I probably won't talk about it on the show. I am curious. I'm just going to retweet this this tweet out uh, because I want to know what everybody thinks makes a good island. But I don't think that that would make a good conversation for my show to have all of these, because I think I, my guess is what everybody's going to say is whatever makes you happy with your island. Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. Here's a quick one. Meiji Moose says, Ask RJS, may I remind everyone complaining about no Nintendo Direct in June that we have Bioshock and both of its sequels coming to the Nintendo Switch May 29th? I mean, come on, people. All right, you make a very good point, Meiji Moose. However, I want to say, first off, there's a lot of people who are not going to be interested in Bioshock. I loved Bioshock. I loved Bioshock Infinite. I, I It's a wonderful, wonderful series. But there's going to be tons of people who just don't care about that particular game. As far as the people who are complaining about the Direct, I understand the sentiment from them. I they It's not necessarily that they're saying there's nothing to play on Nintendo Switch. It's more that they're saying... We want to know what Nintendo is up to because they're the ones that we get most excited about. And so I do understand why people are disappointed that we're not getting a direct in June. But at the same time, I just I just hope that they're going to be nice about their complaints uh, because I, you know, deep down, I'm disappointed that we're not getting a direct in June. I want to know what Nintendo is doing for the second half of this year. Uh, yes, as Gazaraki in chat is saying, at the end of 2019 was an insane amount of releases. But what's coming in 2020? That's what we want to know. And I don't think that we're going to hear from Nintendo anytime soon because they 
They don't know what's coming in 2020. Why don't they know what's coming in 2020? Because everything got upended with everything being closed. I'm a number one. All right, I am going to take the questions that I posted to you guys, and I'm going to go through them very, very quickly. Uh, earlier this week, I said, with the Mother Project on its way, do you think we'll get Mother, Fe- Mother 3 finally translated for the West? If so, are you going to buy it? And I forgot to open this before I started reading it. So let's get that open again. Uh, 23% said yes, and I'll buy it. 2% said yes, and I'll skip it. 27% said no, we're not going to get it translated for the West. And they are sad about that. And 46% said, what's mother? So that that right there, the fact that 46% of the people who responded said, what's mother? That's why it hasn't been translated yet. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you very much for responding to that poll. Speaking of polls, I put out a poll yes, yesterday, I believe, and I said Streets of Rage 4 uses the Nintendo friends list to invite people to your game. I know, crazy talk. Do you think Nintendo should use this feature in more games? Should it be linked to the Nintendo Switch online app for your phone so that you can get push notifications? of people said, this sounds awesome. And the rest of the people said, no, you have horrible ideas, Bill. But, uh, you know, to each their own. Um, I would love, love, love for that to happen. I asked a question a few days back. I said, were you planning on buying a physical copy of Borderlands Legendary Collection on Nintendo Switch? If so, does the fact that the physical copy requires a 42 gigabyte download change your mind on this? Uh, 13.3 says, uh, 13.3% of people responded, said, was getting it, now I'm not. 8% said, was getting it, still am. 16% said, I was going to go digital anyway. And 61% of people said that they were already going to skip it. So, if we get rid of the people who were going to skip it anyway, because they weren't they weren't going to buy the game anyway. All right. Let's see what you know, if we break this down further, the majority of people were going to already buy the game digitally. So of the people who were interested in getting the physical copy of that, the majority of the people who were going to get the physical copy now are not going to get the physical or they're not going to buy it now. So I think that we kind of see a pattern there. Now, uh, I got a bunch of replies for this, so this is awesome. Charles Kendall says, I always struggle with this in general. And honestly, before I read this, I want to say I don't think that there's right answers here. All right, both ways, I, I, I don't disagree with people on this because this is a gut feeling. There's not a yes, you're right, or no, you're wrong on this. But anyway, Charles Kendall replied, I always struggle with this in general. Nintendo will close the 3DS shop in a few months, no longer allowing you to re-download your purchases. This scares me. I've put a lot into the digital Switch mark, the Switch digital market. I also still play my Game Boy Advance and GameCube games, though because I bought physical. So he's worried that at some point they'll shut down the Switch eShop and you won't be able to re-download these games. And if they're huge file sizes, you're not like you're not going to keep them on your switch all the time. That's a really good point. Um, the Ganson plays. I enjoy having a physical collection, even if it means I have to read download or I have to download part of the game. Honestly, I would pay a five to ten dollar premium if it meant having the complete collection on one or multiple game cartridges. 
Uh, Alex M. Gray says, that's insane. I'm running a 256 gigabyte micro SD in my Switch, but still, that's a good size download. I was planning on get, getting the physical because I love the series, but not with a 42 gigabyte download. Let's have multiple cartridges, Nintendo. Uh, well, it's not Nintendo that makes that decision. Um, Captain Logan made a really, really good point here. He says, so for a series pack that has three games that were released in 2009, 2012, and 2014 at $50, nothing will ever convince me that them passing the cost of a larger cartridge onto the consumer is better than asking me to download the other games. These are M-rated games, which means I need to be a legal adult in order to purchase them. On the box, it states that there's a uh, download and micro SD card is required when purchasing the game. All the proper information is made available to the consumer prior to the purchase. I don't see an issue with not having all the games on the cartridge. Uh, so he makes a really good point there. And like I said, there's no wrong answers here. He makes a great point. We'll read one more. Uh, Eric LeBlanc says, I get physical games usually. I'd like to be able to keep and play my games from uh, years from now when they have shut down the eShop like they did with the Wii. Uh, so he didn't really say whether or not he was going to uh, pick up the physical version or not. Um, because, you know, you get the physical version, but you don't really get the game to keep. Anyway, uh, thank you everybody who replied to that. You guys are awesome. Become a part of the community over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. You can also watch the show live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. And uh, this show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you want to check out my other shows, head on over to, or the other shows on the network, head on over to gstu.net. And if you want to check out my other shows, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash shows. The music that you're about to hear is Corneria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. I'm out of here. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, bye-bye.